0: Welcome to the Big Three Podcast, a weekly podcast from Guy Baptist Church, where we sit down and unpack three big questions raised from our Sunday sermon, because we believe that one of the spaces where faith can grow is in those small conversations about the big topics. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of The Big Three. My name is Matt Willis and today I'm not joined by Jessica Baker. Unfortunately, she couldn't join us today as we were recording our episode. So I'm just, I'm here with Mark. It's just me and him. Hi, Matt. How are you going? Um, well, I'm good. <laughs> my friend. Isn't my that, friend. Yeah, yeah, that yeah what, you could be my friend. That, isn't that that's what hard. Jessica always says? That's, Jess is always my friend. Delightful, um, I think. Delightful. It's, it's a- the delightful Jessica Baker. <laughs> um, now, part of the reason why Jess couldn't be here is because we had to change our recording day. We did. She's free on a Wednesday. Day. You were not this week. You're going up to Brizzy, I, I believe. Am. I am. Well, it's kind of – I think it's
1: – I'm not familiar with the the, the distances, but it's, it's like geography. between Brisbane and the Gold Coast, I think. So it's kind of equidistant between them, apparently. By the way, so it'll be warm. It'll be warmer yep. than it is here, yes, which is not necessarily a good thing as yeah. far as I'm concerned. <laughs> but okay. Yeah, I'm going to be at the uh, National Senior Pastors Gathering, which is a nice. a gathering of um, Baptist pastors from some of the larger Baptist churches. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been running for – oh. I don't even know, maybe 12 or 13 years, 14, yeah, wow. 15 years maybe. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, just an opportunity for people who are all kind of dealing with, uh, um, with the same kinds of issues due to size and complexity. So yeah. like I remember reading very early when I stepped into this role that you, it was something like you'll have more in common with someone from a different denomination who leads the same sized church than you necessarily will with someone of your own denomination who leads either a much larger or much smaller church. Yeah, and I've found that to be true because mm-hmm. you just you're dealing with the same sorts of
0: yep. matters of complexity. So yeah.
1: it's a it's, it's it's a great time. It's a gathering, not a conference, so we don't bring in a conference speaker. Yeah, um, it's kind of peer led, uh, which is great. Yeah, so awesome. just an opportunity to touch base with guys and uh, other pastors and kind of you know just you know, not, not not shoot the breeze, but talk about. How are you handling this issue, or yep. what's going on in your church? And sounds
0: like three days of like those water cooler conversations that end up having yeah. that moment of yeah. insight or very innovation. Much, very yeah. much.
1: I mean, I you know the 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 presentations by my colleagues and peers are they're fine. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, but there's a little, a little hit and miss in the sense of <laughs> if, if they're talking about something that resonates with you. Yeah. But yeah. Morning teas, lunches, dinners, yep. free time in the afternoon, going for a walk with someone. That it is, it's the water cooler conversations. Yeah. They're absolute gold. So, really looking forward to that. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I am gone on Wednesday. So, I'm gone with Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So. Yeah fair enough fair thus our thus chains. Yes, so sweet. the delightful Jessica Baker could not be with she us she could not
0: she could She's not delivering be children
1: or something she, oh, you know saving lives <coughs> saving um,
0: lives. <laughs> she'll be back with us next week yep. but Mark you continued our series that we've been doing focusing on the Holy Spirit the enabling presence mm-hmm. um, and you did that across our services yep. um, yesterday or Sunday Sunday well, now you know when we were recording <laughs> we're, it's Monday um, and gone so <laughs> is the mystery oh gosh the veil has been drawn back um So we've got three questions. I'm going to run through them for Mm us um, and then we'll just, we'll jump straight in. Okay. So the question one for us today is you said that if you had more time, you'd look at acts two and the coming of the spirit at Pentecost and how it points to the new work God is doing in Jesus. We're going to give you some more time. So you're going to like, this is like, <laughs> All right. this is like sermon 2.0. Okay. Um, so the expansion pack. What is so significant about Acts 2? We'll get yep. into that. Okay. Um, our second question, what about tongues? Are tongues a gift to the church like hospitality, mercy, and teaching? Okay. And I guess that's because you were talking about how it's a gift because people receive it. It's not necessarily a gift to you as the individual that's yes. received. Yes. And where does tongues mm. kind of fit in? Yeah, that? that's great. That's good. Um, third and final question will be the spirit can use us in any way he sees fit, but there are often patterns to our gifts. Why don't we demonstrate all gifts? Mm.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Why can't I be a jack of all trades?
1: Why why, we'll, we'll why, get why, not? why why not? can't you? I, I don't know. I've been don't asking know. that I'm, for a while. I'm, I'm, yeah, <laughs> <can't>? <laughs> oh, you're talking Be about it. Be better about Willis. You Be better about Willis.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's just dive straight in. It's you and me. Let's hit the big three. All right Mark, like I have no doubt that every Sunday you wish you you yearn, you crave for more time to go into more of what you want to talk about. You said on Sunday that you'd like you would have liked to have looked more at Acts 2 and the coming of the Spirit at Pentecost and how it points to the new work God is doing in Jesus. Mm. Here's your chance. <laughs> okay. What is so significant about Acts 2? Mm. All
1: right, here we go. <laughs> the, the exp- the exp- <laughs> Here's something I planned earlier. <laughs> well, uh, to some degree I did. I, <clears throat> I'd i actually kind of, when I was rehearsing my sermon, which I do on a Sunday morning, I kind of you know try to go through it all. I actually did pause for a while in Acts 2 and then just realized I wouldn't have that much time. No, yeah. And, and I, I thought, mean, we
0: went over in services anyway. <laughs> that's right, <so. laughs> that's right.
1: So I thought of all the things that I was going to be included in my sermon, I thought I'll stick to Ephesians and I'll... I'll leave that for another time, but I couldn't help myself from even saying that if I had more time, I'd include this. (laughs) I just need everyone to know (laughs) the the restraints
0: that I (laughs) demonstrate
1: here today. For which you are all thankful. (laughs) So, So, I mean, Acts 2, I think, is is obviously quite significant because it's the event that launches the church, right? mm. And it's when the Spirit was poured out in the way that was promised by Jesus. So there's this real turning point where we've been – looking forward to the Spirit being poured out from on high so that mm-hmm. they're empowered mm-hmm. to be witnesses and all yeah. those sorts of things. So in the story, it just plays a, a key part in the narrative, this, this significant turning point. And I think, I can't remember for sure, but I think lots of our headings in our Bibles, they're not misleading, but I, I'm not sure that it's entirely helpful because yeah. the heading is something like, the, the Spirit is poured out or the coming of the Holy Spirit, mm, mm. which is how the passage opens. Um, with the Holy Spirit being poured out in tongues of fire and the disciples all speaking in the languages of the nations and kind of pouring it on the streets and the whole kind of bit. But Peter basically, apart from saying this is why this has happened Mm -hmm. by studying Joel, doesn't talk about the Holy Spirit again until the end. Yeah. Right, when the people say, what should we do? And it's, you know, repent and be baptized And and receive the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the rest of it is all talking about Jesus, which is a little bit strange if this is all about the spirit being Yeah, out.
0: yeah, yeah. And I think the... Well, uh, and that's the catalyst, isn't it? Yeah, like,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, I guess the, what I would call the hermeneutical key. Ah, right? you know, ah uh, her- that old chestnut. That, that's right. <laughs> Hermeneutics being the art and science of interpreting text. Um, I think the key is actually in his quotation of Joel chapter two. Mm-hmm. And what I found striking when I was examining um, Acts two is that Peter uses... Like an entire oracle, it's a short oracle, like a, yeah. the prophetic oracle that Joel has, but he uses all four verses of it. Mm. So the first two are, in those days, my spirit will be poured out on all peoples, on men and women, and you know, mm-hmm. everyone will prophesy, and the whole yeah. kind of pit. You kind of go, Get there you go, that's that's what's happening here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then the next two verses, he also, Peter also includes, and they go on to talk about how. The sun will be darkened, and the and the moon will turn to blood in the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Which seems a little bit out of context yeah. for what's happening yeah, on the yeah, day yeah. of Pentecost, but I think it's where we actually get the key to why the Holy Spirit has been poured out, and the 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 kind of that up. Apocalyptic language, right? Like whenever mm. we think about the sun being darkened and the moon turning to blood, yeah, it's, it's never like, a good sign. It sounds like the end of the world. Yeah, <clears throat> it's a bit of a Debbie Downer. That's right. But in the Old Testament, in the prophetic literature, that kind of cosmic disruption mm. was—it's kind of prophetic stock imagery, as one commentary put it. Yeah, it's kind of a set of images that was used. In a, to describe a particular type of judgment of God, yeah right okay. And it wasn't the final judgment. It was a judgment in history mm. that pointed to the to the downfall of an individual or a nation from which they would never rise again. okay So still right? pretty. Pretty intense. <laughs> but but within history. Mm. So what ends up happening, so I think it's Isaiah and Ezekiel, they have similar kinds of oracles where they talk about, you know, the stars falling and, you know, the the moon being turned to blood and all that stuff. Mm. But they're talking about Pharaoh and Egypt, or they're talking about Babylon. And Egypt and Babylon continued to exist, Mm. but they no longer had any relevance or significance Mm. in world affairs and the plans and purposes of God. And that background is really important then when you get to Acts, because Jesus in Mark 13, when he's asked about the temple, his disciples go, oh, isn't the temple amazing? And Jesus is like, it's all going to be torn down. Yeah. And they're like, what? what? You know, when's that going to happen? And, and, and what will be the signs that we know it's about to happen? And Jesus talks a bit about <clears throat> the things that will come, but then he actually ends up using that cosmic imagery again yeah, yeah. about the sun being darkened and whatnot. Mm. And we think he shifted to the end of the world, but he's still talking about the temple. He's yeah. talking about how the temple will be destroyed and no longer be relevant in the plans mm, of God. Mm, mm. And if you remember that when Jesus was arrested, one of the, <clears throat> one of the charges that stuck... Yeah. Was this man said he'd restore the temple in three days. Mm. Kind of shows up really frequently. Mm. Uh, and what Jesus was getting at is not that he was actually going to tear the temple down, but that he, in his death and resurrection, was going to completely transcend it. Yeah. It might as well be torn down. Yeah. Yeah. It has no more mm. v- value yeah. in the economy of God because something significant has changed. Yeah. So when Peter quotes the whole piece of Joel, mm. I think what he's pointing to is that the Holy Spirit has been poured out as a sign that that something has been transcended, that something has mm. been judged mm. and is no longer relevant. And in this case, it's the temple because of the work of Jesus. Yeah. And so then he just goes on to talk about Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which makes sense now. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. which makes total sense because he's just talking about, you know, that this man who you killed, right, Mm. has become Lord and Christ, exalted at the right hand of the Father. Like, Mm. this is the new work of God Mm. in Jesus. And the Holy Spirit being poured out is just a reminder that this work has happened. Yeah. And that's, everything's changed. Yeah. Everything has changed. Mm. And it's no longer the temple. It's no longer the sacrificial system. It's like, that's that's past. That's old. It's done. Yeah, yeah. Now, you know, the disciple's, continued to worship at the temple and all of those sorts of Mm. things. But that's, I think that foundational piece. And so in the context of what we've been looking at in the Holy spirit, the mission of God is where the Holy spirit is most likely to be at work. Mm. Right. Mm. Um, you know, if you think about God the Father is the one with the plan and Jesus is the one who's kind of enacting it, the Holy Spirit's the finisher. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, so you're going to find him on the job site. Mm. You're not going to find him in, you know, supervisory roles. You're yeah. not going to find him in the architect's room. He's going to be on the job site. Yeah. And uh, and and what Peter is pointing out is that there's a new job. Yeah. And it's the work of, it's the, work of the church mm. upon whom uh, all who believe— have been given the Holy Holy Spirit Spirit, as a sign that God is doing something new in Jesus. And what is Jesus all about? The restoration, renewal of all things, and on it goes. So I think it's really foundational for reading the rest of the New Testament Mm. as the New Testament speaks about the Holy Spirit. Because the entire context, how it's set up for us, Mm. kind of at the very start of the narrative, it's like, the Holy Spirit is the sign and the enabling presence of this new work of God yep. in Christ. So I, th- that's why I, I wanted to start there. <laughs> right? You know, that's what I wanted to say on Sunday, <laughs> and, and had to settle for starting in Ephesians, which was which was good. You know, I mean, Ephesians is still a good book. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so it was that piece where yeah, I think it powerful. really draws out for us the um, the mission context yeah. of of the Spirit's involvement. Yeah. So, nice.
0: Yeah. Right on. So there you go. Well, like it's sermon two point it, it, it? it is. Well,
1: you know, you, one
0: one a. Is it is it the footnote?
1: Like it's the footnote. It's the footnote. <laughs> it's probably an appendix. It's yeah. a little bit long for well, a yeah, footnote. It was a bit long for
0: a footnote, <laughs> but that's okay because that's why we've got the podcast. That's what I need. That's what
1: I need in sermons. I can like appendix? you know an appendix. a <laughs> oh <gosh>. second sermon. <laughs> yeah, I'll leave that to you. <laughs> yeah. Let's move on to question two
0: before he starts again. All right, Mark, I'm, like, I, I'm intrigued that this question has come up, um, but I'm, I'm keen to hear your thoughts on it. We, you talked about, you know, how we are to view gifts and that sometimes they get viewed as like individualistic, like mm-hmm. I have the gift yep. of teaching or I have yep. the gift of this or that, but actually we need to view it in like who is the recipient of the gift yep. and that's, that's an important distinction. So then how do we bring that? into a conversation around the gift of tongues. Mm. Um, what about tongues? Are tongues a gift to the church, like say hospitality, mercy, or teaching?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. Um, yeah, I think for, for, for uh, maybe I'm just speaking for myself, but I think the significance say of the Pentecostal movement Uh, And of the charismatic renewal, Mm -hmm. um, both of which, although in different ways, emphasized the presence of the Holy Spirit. And one of the most significant manifestations of that, and I think because it's... It's demonstrable, like you can, like yeah. How do I know you have the gift of teaching? Like everyone else tells me you do. What if I, you know, like yeah, yeah, How yeah. do I know? Yeah, yeah. Whereas tongues, if you're speaking in another language, I'm like, oh, that sounds like tongues <laughs> to me, right? Like, so there's a, I think there's a demonstrable element of it, mm-hmm. and I think because of how, in particular, the Pentecostal movement arose, mm. um, and the, the kind of those sorts of manifestations in yep. particular, um, but I think we can get. We can end up focusing a lot of attention on tongues, mm. um, because it's often you know it's like it's it's a little bit out there. And, and do we really need to speak in tongues um, as a sign that the Holy Spirit's involved in our lives?
0: And- well, and there are some <clears throat> there are some who would say that tongues is a gift that only existed in like the time of Acts in yes. the early church, yep. and that it it actually no longer. Yeah. Uh, Exists, yep. I guess, is the best way yep. to put it. Yep. Um, and then, obviously, like you said, there are the movements who it's a yep. it's a regular part of their practice. Yep. Happens yep. from the platform, happens yep. in the congregation. Yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. And then everything in between, kind of thing, mm. like both ends of that spectrum. And then,
1: yeah, yep. and, and I think it is a little bit of a different kind of gift mm. in that sense. Um, while there are other gifts that are spoken, right? Whether you're talking about prophecy or you're talking about um, teaching or you know preaching or whatever the case might be um it is a little bit different but i i would suggest that it is nonetheless a gift for the church um and i'll kind of outline that but then i'll give a little bit of, a proviso of, mm. of sorts so i think if you look at um two of the areas where the gift of tongues is really emphasized acts 2 mm-hmm. And then in 1 uh, Corinthians. In Acts 2, the giving of tongues seems to be linked to the ability to speak the gospel, the good news of yeah, Jesus. It's
0: evangelistic in, yeah. it's in the language of those who part. were listening. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, and you don't get any sense that any of the disciples from Galilee, <laughs> right, yeah. uh, were fluent in... <clears throat> Bilingual, yeah, yeah. Yeah, or trilingual, whatever it yeah. was. And so um, there was a real sense that they were that they were enabled by the spirit to speak in the native tongues of those who had come from all over the place for Passover and then who had remained for Pentecost, Mm. right? It's 50 Mm. days later. That's the, well, that's the Greek name. So there's a, there's a very clear, this is for others Mm. kind of emphasis. Mm. Paul, when he addresses some of the, um, poor worship practices of the Corinthians, right? He's got a bunch of stuff to talk about, but one of them, when he when he talks about tongues, also seems to suggest that there is an, an other element to it. Mm. So, for instance, if you've read through those sections, um, Paul emphasizes that there can't be tongues without interpretation. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and the, the reasoning is fairly straightforward. If someone speaks in a language that no one understands... What's the point? What's the point? It mm. just doesn't help mm. anyone. So I think that there's... I think there's evidence to suggest that tongues ought to be, um, useful for, um, the church as yeah, a whole. Yeah, And, you know, when I was younger, I was, I was part of a, a charismatic church and tongues were uh, re- regularly practiced and, uh, there were, there were often, you know, there'd be a, you know, someone in the, in like a lull in worship, might speak out in mm. tongues and then there'd be kind of a waiting and someone would speak in some sort of interpretation of that. Mm. And and that that seemed to kind of work, yeah, right? So I think that tongues do still fit that wider model um, of being for the building up of the church, the encouragement of the church, right? But at the same time, Paul also seems to suggest in places that tongues may also be a bit of a private prayer language of Yeah. sorts.
0: Well that was going to be my next question because mm. I think I've definitely come across people who would use <coughs> tongues as a form of intercessory prayer. Yes. Like that they kind of do it almost privately mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it, it like it almost as if the the gift and the interpretation occurs yep. in the one person and then they're able to go to someone and say, Hey I I have a sense the <coughs> yep. spirit has led me in this sure, way.
1: Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even if there's not a going and talking to someone. Mm. I think that there, and this is where it gets, this is where it gets a little bit tricky. Yeah. yeah. Because there are hints that that's what Paul means. Mm. Right. So when he talks and I think it's in, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to say it's in Romans, but I can't remember for sure. Um, Listen, I'll believe you. (laughs) There you go. There you go. That's the spirit. (laughs) Um, You know, that the spirit intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. Mm. Now, is that tongues? Mm. I, maybe. Yeah. Right, but it's not like it's not entirely clear. And even those there are other places where you ju- it's just a little bit, you know, like he talks about I wish I spoke in tongues more than all of you or mm. and and so there are some elements where you're like, okay, maybe there is space for tongues to be that kind of personal yeah devotional yeah. language. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of what we end up relying upon are sort of hints in Scripture, and then the practice of believers, mm, right? Mm. Um, and and I, I don't want to suggest that the practice of believers, you know, just because it's not kind of explicitly tied to Scripture, is somehow wrong. Yeah, yeah. But I, I'm I'm always a little bit hesitant to affirm that this is the teaching of Scripture if it's just a little bit vague. Yeah, yeah. So I don't want to I don't want to deny the the private use of tongues. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think I, I would, I would also say that I think that the, the, it's inclusion in some of those lists, mm. um, was to be for the building up of the church. Yeah. Uh, yeah. and so, you know, and I think that, you know, while there may be benefit in, um, praying in tongues individually, mm. uh, there is a real sense for me as well of saying, well, put 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 your words to it if you can right? yeah, you know yeah, that yeah. there's that there's a sense of you know I think we do need to be in intentional and purposeful in our prayer so so yeah, I think that tongues do fit into the category of being a gift for others, but there is that kind of proviso that there may be kind mm. of a more mm. individual
0: mm. component in that yeah. space so yeah it's mm, a good I like that, but I guess like that that threshold or that filter of is this gift building the church is a valid one for anything and everything, really. <laughs> yeah. And and yeah. that should be our primary purpose. And our primary kind of focus and goal is yep. w- what is it that God has given me? Gifts, abilities, yep. skills, yes. passions. Yes.
1: Experiences, yeah. yeah.
0: That that can be used and what opportunities are being given to me in which I can use those things to build up the church. Yeah. I think yeah, if, yeah, yeah. If, if that's the question that you're asking, regardless of what the gift is, yep. Yeah, yeah. Then I think you're kind of on the right track.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, I think it's also tied up with, you know, what I mentioned that if we start thinking about about ourselves as as conduits Mm. rather than as the receiver, um, it also, I think, shapes the sorts of things that we would expect to see as evidence of Mm. the Spirit's work. So, you know, for those of you kind of doing the, uh, who have done or are going to be doing the life group questions, you know, one of the, here it is. One (laughs) of the, one of the, one of the kind of things I want to, focus upon is reading sort of wider sections that talk about the work of the spirit and looking for what surrounds it as evidence of the, these are the indicators or this is the evidence of the Holy Spirit being at work. Mm. You know, so I think for Paul in his corrective measures with the Corinthian church, what he's talking a little bit about is where the spirit is, there is, there is revelation. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And for revelation to be revelation it needs to reveal something. Mm. So someone speaking mm. in tongues that nobody understands does nobody any good in that sense. Yep. There must be interpretation. Yep. So I think he's giving us evidence of the spirit's work that mm. there's some sort of sense of there's a there's clarity that we can all then weigh and measure and yeah. consider together. Um, so I think that there's some elements of it. I think there's also a strong element of the together. Like, it's, it's yeah. like there's a corporate sense yeah, yeah. that tongues was to be used or or at least was practiced by the Corinthians. Mm, mm. And they were being competitive and it was dividing them and I'm better <laughs> than you and look at you know how loudly I can speak yeah, in tongues yeah, yeah. or whatever yeah. the case was. So there's some negative pieces. Like yeah. where the spirit is, there should be unity mm. rather than disunity. Where the spirit is, there should be clarity rather than confusion and yep. so we do have some indicators that kind of i think help us identify ah even if i didn't realize that i was being a conduit look at the outcomes yeah, that yeah, have yeah. happened here nice. that yeah. looks like mm. that looks like the spirit mm. All Right. so we're looking for the evidence of the spirit rather yeah. than kind of just being content with going i've got a I've gift got so it. i'm going to yeah. use it <laughs> um, and not asking well is it actually yeah. accomplishing the kind of work that we would identify with the spirit so mm.
0: Nice, right on. All right, well, let's move on to question three. All right, third and final question mark. The spirit can use us in any way that it sees fit, um, but there are often patterns to our gifts. Why don't we demonstrate all spiritual gifts? Mm. Yeah, this kind of
1: ties in a little bit, at least for me, of with the whole spiritual gift assessments, which we don't do because I don't like them. Yeah, no. Um, but you might
0: warm your heart to know I've never done one. I actually didn't know that they existed.
1: Oh, see, like I'm, yeah. I, I, that does, does warm that my warm heart. Me heart? Yeah, I'm, I'm pleased go. to know that you had no idea about There are the, certain things
0: that come up for me where I'm like, oh, you can tell I didn't grow up in church. Yeah. yeah and yeah, I think yeah. that's one of them. Very like, good, very <laughs> good. Well,
1: if you've grown up, if someone has grown up, just while I've been the senior pastor, well, yeah, they wouldn't—they wouldn't know their mother, so because um, we don't let like sign God. of your legacy. I don't, that's right. <laughs> Nobody knows their spiritual gifts. No, <laughs> but I think part of why spiritual gift assessments and surveys are still—I mean, I don't, I'm not sure that they're used as frequently as they used to be, but I think one of the things that they, one of the reasons why they kind of resonated with people is they asked questions about experience, like mm-hmm. have these sorts of things happened to you. And what they identified was patterns of how, shall we say the spirit tends to use us. Yeah. Right. And sometimes that's, You know, a positional thing, you know. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if I did a spiritual gift assessment, whether I have the gift of teaching or not, guess what? I'm going to score highly in because that's the sort of thing that I've had lots of opportunity to do. Mm. You know, I Mm. guess whether I should have or not. (laughs) That's a different survey. That's right. That's a different survey. (laughs) But, you know, like, so it's very experientially based. Yeah. And I think we all recognize that there are certain patterns. Mm-hmm. in our lives whether it's the mix of our passions and um what, what were the three things you know Carl used to talk about passions and opportunities and Skills or something yeah. like that. Right? There's that, that that kind of triad of mm. I'm passionate about this, I've got some skills in it, and there's an opportunity. And we yep. kind of step into that space. And be- yeah, yeah. And because that's that's kind of how we work, mm. right? Mm. Um, we find that there are some patterns to how the Holy Spirit might use us. That like we've all met people who are generous mm. in a way that's just Different, Yeah. You know, I might try to be generous, but the fact that I have to try to be generous, you know, like, whereas there are other people for whom that just comes really naturally. I think we've all met people who are really hospitable. Yeah. And just really welcoming and warm and they're willing to open their lives and their calendars and their homes. And and it just seems to come naturally to them. And I don't think we should overlook those things. Yeah. Um, I do think that the Holy Spirit you know because because God has created us uh, in particular ways, I don't think we should be surprised that there are some patterns to it mm. um, I think the 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 trick is to remember that it's a pattern only yeah n- not a not a locked in box yeah yeah, right? yeah. and I think that's where the you know, the prayer that I suggested of, you know, Holy Spirit, how do you want to use me today to build up your church Mm. is Mm. really valuable Mm. Um, because it just opens the door to maybe doing something different. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like uh, maybe instead of showing hospitality today, it's just I serve.
0: Mm.
1: You Mm. know, now are those linked together? Yeah, sure they are. But, you know, um, where we just step into a different space because there's an opportunity and the Spirit says, there. That's how I want to use it. And
0: I think that kind of attitude stops that individualistic approach to spiritual gifts, because I think some of the, like the, the downfall mm-hmm. to the mentality of, well, let's say I've got the spiritual gift of hospitality is that then I just kind of create a, a single direction lane for myself mm-hmm. and kind of go, well, that's my, that's my yep. vibe. Yep. And, um, and I'll just stay in that lane, yep. um, which then, you know, is, is clearly not the way God yeah. works um, and he's bigger than our single one directional lane yeah. and, and can draw us into other directions. Yeah. So I think, again, that's, it's the whole, where are there opportunities to build the church? Yeah. Like who is receiving this and how yeah. and, and what is my role in that? Yeah. I
1: think the other kind of, downside of saying i have a gift or i have a couple of gifts is that it also suggests that i'm the one who gets to dispense them when Mm, i'm willing good and ready yeah Yeah, yeah. or when i have an opportunity right so you know like if you know like right now i have an opportunity to teach and preach in Mm -hmm. part because of my position here and the Mm -hmm. call that you know the congregation has um affirmed that you know all that so I, i have that opportunity but if i were to you know, go, go to another church where they had plenty of preachers and teachers, mm. I couldn't sit in the congregation and say to myself, well, I guess there's I'm nothing useless. nothing for me to do. <laughs> yeah, like I have the gift of teaching, but I don't have an avenue for it, so I guess I'm just not going to be of any use to the, the community of faith. Yeah. That would be a place in particular where, where I would really have to take seriously that prayer of, mm. all right, mm. Holy Spirit, how do you want to use me today? Yeah, yeah. You know, now maybe there's an outlet in a in leading a life group or being involved in a in a Bible study of some description or yeah. whatever the case might be, but in the short term, I might just have to look around for opportunities to mm. be kind mm. or welcoming mm. or generous mm. or gracious or patient or like yeah. you know whatever it might be to kind of uh, build up the body of Christ yeah. in some other way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not a matter of me kind of going, "Well, I've got this gift that's unused mm. and I can't distribute mm. it." Mm. No. In reality, it's never my gift. Mm. You know, like mm. again, there may be patterns, but um, it's not—it's—it's it's not quite the same. Yeah, it's not quite the same. I also think that you know, again, one of the downsides of spiritual gift assessments is if you don't have any experiences of doing any of the things that the gifts point to, you can end up feeling like you don't have any gifts. Yeah, which is equally problematic. Yeah, yeah. Well, you just I've suggest got nothing to give. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. That there are, and, and it divides people because mm. then it's like, well, the people up the front. Right? Have the gifts? They have the gifts because they're doing these things, mm. and here am I with no gifts. I'll just take my seat. Yeah, which which promotes an implied passivity, right? Yeah, yeah. um, and and, and uh, which is which I think is is part of the the difficulty of how we talk about spiritual gifts. Mm. Um, so yes, there are patterns. Um, I think that that's well worth looking at you know particular areas of opportunities that have opened up and passions and skills and there can often be a space where the spirit can use us in that mm-hmm. I may have shared this before but um I think we always have to be aware that even in our areas of um even in those areas where the spirit tends to use us most frequently, like our areas of giftedness, Mm. if we were to talk about it Mm. that way. Um, The directions, our conduits are most open. I'm not sure how the image goes, but we have to be aware that ultimately um, even our greatest giftedness doesn't really move the needle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No,
0: you've said this before, like our 99% is like, Less than one percent on the scale of God's ability.
1: Billion, yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. right, that's right. It's statistically in, <laughs> insignificant. Yeah, um, you know, when I compare myself to other people, it's yeah. like, oh yeah, like I'm a ninety-nine, it. And yeah, you're yeah. like only a fifty-seven. So like, <laughs> hey, that's still a pass. That's still a pass. <laughs> P's get degrees, you know. But uh, and 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 that and we can kind of go, oh, yes, like I'm much more gifted than you, yeah. or whatever the case might be. Or I look at you on the platform, mm. sitting in the church, and I think to myself, well, Matt's obviously like incredibly gifted and it's that scale of a hundred yeah and then god's scale is you know which i think is also really helpful like yeah okay there are patterns and that means that there are places where i might be more comfortable Mm. right like Mm. if there's an opportunity again in part because of my role here to teach yeah great i'm gonna step into it i love doing that that's part of my passion there's an opportunity i've got some skills that i've Mm. developed over the years fantastic Mm. i'm comfortable in that space great but ultimately, it's not like God's going, oh, I'm so grateful he said yes to... <laughs> Thank goodness you know, Matt Willis has stepped up. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I'd be lost without him. I really needed those 57 <laughs> points, you know, to kind of I mean, put me over the edge. If
0: God said that, that'd help with a lot of my
1: insecurities. <laughs> but like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not holding my breath. <laughs> yeah, but you, you, you kind of know what I'm saying. And so I think it's just about main, remaining, you know, kind of putting ourselves... Putting ourselves in... in our place. In our place. And <laughs> just kind of going, you know what... And I think likewise, that means that even my weaknesses, yeah, even those areas that I'm a two out of a hundred, yep. which I look at and kind of go, that's just a miserable yeah, fail. Yeah, yeah. God's like, like the two is <laughs> enough for me yeah, yeah, because I still I, work with that. it's still statistically it's- insignificant, <laughs> you know? Uh, and so I think in both senses, then if, the, if we're invited by the spirit into an area that we're not comfortable mm. Or it's not our normal or usual pattern, or it's just an opportunity. Yeah, and we don't really necessarily even have a passion or the skills for it. We yeah. just have to kind of go, you know, what this is an invitation. The spirit, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna step into it and mm-hmm. assume that he's gonna mm-hmm. give me the abilities that he needs to to bring about his outcomes. Yeah, um, you know, because ultimately, you know, as I as I hinted at last night in one of the examples, like. You know, if if I have the gift of teaching, it, it's not even that I have taught that indicates that I have the gift of teaching. It's if the Spirit connects the dots in people's lives. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Then there's a gift of teaching that's been given to mm. the church. Mm. And so I think we do need to be focusing less on our experience of and more on what are the outcomes of. Yeah. Where am I seeing the kinds of evidence? of the spirit's work, Mm. you know, unity and clarity and, um, humility and Mm. love. And like, there's a, there's, again, I don't want to spoil the ending for those of you who haven't yet done the life group material, but you know, there's, when you look at the passages about scripture and look more widely at the sorts of things that particularly Paul has to say, Mm. they're not just miscellaneous bits. Like he's just thinking things out and just kind of bullet points. (laughs) yeah, Yeah. It's kind of part of an argument. Mm. So when he talks about the gifts of the Spirit or the fruit of the Spirit even, what's happening around it? And that seems to me to point to the kind of evidence that we should expect to see if the Spirit's been at work. So it's less about, oh, yes, I invited someone to my house, so I have the gift of hospitality, or you know whatever the case might be. It's about what's the what's the outcome? What's the yeah. outcome? Yeah. Um, and I think that's a really important, I think stepping stone for us as we turn to the last week of the series yeah, uh, which is wrapped around so how do we recognize nice. the voice yeah. of the spirit you know and some of that will be I guess a, a, a kind of a bit of a devotional component mm. but a part of it will be about making sure that we're on the job site because yep. that's most likely where the spirit's going to be yeah. um, you know if we're going to hear his voice we should be mm. where he is and yep. well he's on the coalface so let's mm. be there and, and then I think also having a good list of the evidence right these are the sorts of things that happen when the spirit's at work okay, let's be on the lookout for that. Yeah, um, And if those things are happening, then we can kind of go, yeah. If this leads to those things, then let's, Seems, let's yeah. step into it. So um, yeah, I, I think, you know, like it's, as I said on Sunday briefly, it's this is the first step for us. Mm, like this is not, right, yeah. this sermon series is not the end all and be all. We no. will not have come close to answering all the questions. <laughs> but, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited. And I said this last week, I think as well. Like I... I've been really taken by a a greater recognition and appreciation of the spirit's role on the job site, yeah 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 <laughs> uh, that's just been really a really helpful reinforcement mm. reminder, yeah. kind of an insight almost of sorts of just kind of going, yeah the work that the spirit works in individuals' lives, but it's always to bring about the work of God, and the work of God is. Well, not just in my life, but it's corporate, it's yeah. universal, it's global, it's cosmic. Yeah. Um. And so that's been really helpful. So I hope that as, as a community of faith, as we continue to explore these things, that, yeah, that that will just keep bubbling some stuff up. You know, some maybe some practices and some, um, some 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 ways of speaking and praying that yeah. that are a little bit more intentional and all those sorts of things. So looking looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Right on. Well, like you said, we've got one more Sunday. Will be our last last um, day in the series and yep. then we'll have one more big three tackling those questions. We will, we will.
1: And right on. possibly on a Wednesday with Jessica, with Jessica Well, no, the plan is. The plan is with like Jessica We've we're booked it in. We're we've booked, booked it, it in. That's right.
0: So she'll be joining us again yeah. oh, next you, week, the, thank goodness. The, the <laughs> past, will be together. That's it. <laughs> the All separation right. anxiety. <laughs> All right, All Thanks, right Mark. Mate. Thanks, teams. If you want to be a part of the conversation, head to slido.com a live forum where you can submit your own questions or upvote someone else's, then listen out in new episodes for the answer. Check our show notes for the Slido code. Today's episode was in response to the sermon preached at Gyme Baptist Church during our Sunday services this past weekend. You can listen to that message again through our regular GBC sermons podcast. You can also listen to the We Are The Church podcast where we hear the stories of faith from those within our GBC community. You can find both of those podcasts on iTunes and Spotify. Thanks for joining us for this week's Big Three and our deep dive into God's invitation for us all. Remember, there's no thought too small, no question too big.